hour number two of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Each Sunday night, we get together for three hours. We talk about the news of the week, the events of our often bizarre lives. We do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. We provide you with three hours of rationality in a world of ever-increasing insanity. Tons to get to in the final two hours of the program. By the way, our website, which is newly updated, and you need to check it out for a number of reasons, is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. You can check out each and every one of the 22 stations which carry the John and Leah show on a weekly basis. That's freespeechbroadcasting.com. This hour we will begin our weekly feature where we take a look at the race for the White House 2016. Obviously, that's dominating the news in so many different ways, including the death of Antonin Scalia, which I'm sure we'll discuss at some point uh, during this hour or so of a review of what happened this week from a presidential news standpoint. But let's go back to the beginning of the week. Boy, it seems like a long time ago, Leah. Exactly. Where we actually had the first primary contest. It was the New Hampshire primary. And um, what was interesting about this, Leah, was that when we last spoke on Sunday, uh, I, I had made several predictions. I, I'd said that Trump would win, um, I partially on the fact that you had been swayed to vote for uh, Rubio um, because of the last debate. I thought that Rubio would nudge out Kasich for second, uh, that Cruz would then finish uh, behind uh, Kasich, and that Bush would also finish in double figures, probably 11 percent. Uh, then, of course, the the next morning, uh, Donald Trump uh, referred to Ted Cruz by quoting someone at a rally with the P word, yep. uh, P- pussycat. And, of course, um, that totally dominated the news cycle. It, it d- destroyed uh, any negative momentum for Marco Rubio because the media just dropped the whole Rubio repeating thing. Uh, Trump's support completely collapsed as people realized, my God, are we going to nominate uh, someone who just used the P word in reference to a conservative candidate uh, and then laughed about it and got a standing ovation from his fans for it? Uh, and, and of course, Trump at that point ended up finishing, what was it, third or fourth in New Hampshire <laughs> and uh, and then dropped out and Rubio won. Um, and so now the GOP nominating race is completely flipped on its head. It looks like we have someone that can beat Hillary Clinton <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. None of that actually happened. Why don't you tell us what did occur, Leah? (laughs) Well, Donald Trump was a huge winner in New Hampshire. He got 35 percent of the vote. John Kasich came in second. He was followed by Ted Cruz, Jeb Bush and Marco Rubio. Now, Jeb Bush spent thirty five million dollars campaigning in New Hampshire to come in fourth. Ted Cruz spent 800 grand and came in third. Now Marco Rubio's finish was definitely hurt by his debate performance where Chris Christie slammed him over and over. By the way, Christie finished 3 points behind Marco Rubio and then promptly dropped out of the race. Marco Rubio placed the whole thing, the blame on himself. Our disappointment tonight is not on you. It's on me. It's on me. I did not I did not do well on Saturday night, so listen to this. That will never happen again. Now, Carly Fiorina finished at number seven. She finished two points ahead of Ben Carson, and then she dropped out. All right. Now, um, I had that little dream about what actually occurred, which obviously I was joking about. Uh, it's, It's amazing. I think you got the point, though, that that's the bizarro world we're now living in, 
where you mean like he can stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue or wherever it is and, and shoot somebody, and it doesn't matter. Meanwhile, I mean, just think about the absurdity of the quote-unquote sin that Marco Rubio got severely punished for, repeating attacks on Barack Obama at a debate. Yep. And when you compare that to the multitude of mortal sins that, that Donald Trump has committed on purpose, and that was even before last night's debate, which we'll get to momentarily, when you consider what Trump is allowed to get away with, I mean, you know, I used to I used to say that when in Bill Clinton's time, Bill Clinton, uh, you know, was the kind of guy who could go into the middle of a room, take a crap on the floor and everyone would go, boy, it's boy, that was that was amazing. It smells so good in here. <laughs> Meanwhile, somebody else accidentally, you know, flatulates. And what are you doing? That's outrageous. Um, <laughs> so Rubio is the guy with the flatulence problem. And Trump's taking dumps in the middle of the floor. And everyone's going, oh, that's so cute. Um, that's right. It, it is unbelievable. Now, I've, I've predicted this for a long time because I said months ago that Trump's number one attribute is he can catch no virus. He has immunity to all viruses because he's com- he's had every virus you could possibly have as a conservative. And so because he has humidity, humidity, <laughs> he has immunity, you can't kill him. Meanwhile, Rubio's this Bambi virgin. He catches a cold and all of a sudden, oh, my God, we can't possibly. He's on life support. <laughs> he's on life support because he has no immunity. So um, it's it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Yeah, think, though, honestly, it's because Marco Rubio can beat Hillary Clinton that they need to just destroy him. And because Trump loses so badly, the media's in the tank to get him to be the nominee. I agree with that. But there's also the conservative media here, Leah, that's playing a role. Uh, Well, that's the ratings. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and certainly Matt Drudge is at the top of that list. We're going to talk more about that because I wrote a column that got some interesting play, interesting, including on the Drudge Report. Uh, so stay tuned for that. You're going to not want to miss that. You can check out the column uh, at uh, freespeechbroadcasting.com where I where I list the winners and the losers from Trump's big New Hampshire victory. But, but let's go back to, to New Hampshire here. Um, you know, Trump actually did a little bit better than I thought. Uh, other than the Rubio collapse, my predictions were dead on. I mean, I told you exactly how many votes uh, that Jeb Bush was going to get, exactly how many Kasich was going to get. I was one point off on Cruz. And by the way, on Cruz, I know you you like Cruz. Um, I am amazed that Ted Cruz is getting as much credit for getting 12% of the vote in New Hampshire seven days after having won Iowa. As he is. It's unbelievable. He, well, he's he, actually not getting that much oh, credit. Oh, he's got he got huge credit. No. Um, yes, he did, Leah. He Look, got, when Marco it, Rubio finished third, no, but that he was, was the winner. That was different because for two reasons. He exceeded expectations. He exceeded the polls. He got into the 20s. He almost beat Trump. Um, and, and that's totally different than what Ted Cruz did. Ted but Cruz, Ted Cruz gave up on New Hampshire. Oh, I mean, look, he wasn't even there. He spent so, 800 grand. So, okay, well, I'm sorry. I want my nominee to be able to compete in New Hampshire. It's one of like five purple states we can win. 
So mm. I'm I'm sorry that I don't that doesn't get you off the hook just because because you realized you were going to get your ass kicked you didn't try that hard that look his his vote total in New Hampshire is almost exactly not his vote total his percentage his vote total uh, percentage in New Hampshire is almost exactly it's 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 uh, dovetails exactly with what Mike Huckabee did after winning Iowa in 2008 how'd that turn out, and what Rick Santorum did after winning Iowa in 2012. Nothing spectacular. There's nothing at this point indicating that Cruz is any different than Huckabee or Santorum, except for the fact that he has a job, which might be worth one or two percentage points. So the idea that Cruz somehow did this amazing thing, if Rubio hadn't collapsed, Cruz would have finished fourth and, and probably with even less than 12% of the vote, because some of those Rubio votes probably went to Cruz, and he would have been humiliated. So this idea that Cruz somehow did well is, is beyond me. But let's when we come back, I got a theory about what's really going on here that I'm very curious to hear your reaction to, because nobody else has this theory. Uh, and it's that this amazing, remarkable, unprecedented campaign on the GOP side really isn't that unprecedented. I'll tell you about that when we come back on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. She does the program from Birmingham, Alabama, where people care about guns, Jesus, and college football. I do it from just outside of Los Angeles, where people barely even care about themselves. I care deeply about what's going on with the GOP and Democratic presidential races. This is our weekly feature on what's going on with the race for the White House 2016. And one of the things that makes this program unique, Leah, as you know, is that I often come up with the theories that no one else does. That's true. And oftentimes they're pretty darn good. Not always, but I have a pretty, I think a pretty good batting average. And I'm curious what you think of this one. You know, and I've bought into the notion that on the GOP side, we've never seen anything like this before. This race is unprecedented. And it's mostly because of Trump, right? I mean, and I'll be the first to acknowledge we've never seen a candidate quite like Trump. And he's right. seemingly changing all the rules. Self-funding. Right. But, but maybe we have seen something a lot closer to this campaign than we realize. Ross Perot? No. <laughs> I'm referring to 2012 and the GOP race there. Now, a lot of people are probably saying, Zig, what the hell are you talking about? If you take Ron Paul, the crazy, nutty libertarian congressman who ran last time and did pretty well, if you take him out of the equation... Right. I believe that what we're seeing in 2016 is an almost exact duplication of 2012. And let me give you my synopsis of this, Leah. First of all, in 2008, Rick Santorum won Iowa. He then went to New Hampshire and he finished in the middle of the pack with nine percent, a little almost 10 percent of the vote. Ted Cruz, social conservative, just like Santorum in 2012, won Iowa with almost a very similar percentage of the vote as Santorum got, went to New Hampshire, finished in the middle of the pack with 2.5% more votes than Santorum got in 2008. Santorum, Cruz, politically very much aligned. In 2008, in Iowa, Newt Gingrich finished fourth in Iowa, then went to New Hampshire, I think either finished third or fourth there. Establishment Republican, 
almost exactly the same percentages as, you guessed it, Jeb Bush got in 2016. So Jeb equals Newt, Cruz equals Santorum. John Huntsman in 2012, a very moderate to liberal Republican uh, governor, in Iowa 2012, he was nowhere, wasn't even on the radar. He went to New Hampshire, finished six, uh, with 16% of the vote, and finished second. Who does that sound like? John Kasich, governor, very moderate. Iowa 2016, he's nowhere. Then goes to New Hampshire, finishes second with, yes, 16% of the vote. Then we get to 2012. Who finished second? Mitt Romney, rich dude. Right? Rich dude known for being a businessman. He finishes second. With a dog on the car. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mitt Romney finishes second with low 20s vote, mid-low mid 20s vote, just like Trump did this year. Then goes to New Hampshire and kicks ass with uh, 39% of the vote. I'll give him 4 or 5% because of the fact that he was the former governor of Massachusetts right next door. Otherwise, it's almost exactly the same percentage of vote that Donald Trump got. So maybe what we're seeing here is that this race is exactly the same with one difference. Donald Trump is Mitt Romney after having taken a very long bath in a radioactive muck and comes out as a monster version of Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney with the same with more money, bigger balls, more charisma, and a lot more profanity, uh, but with no Mormon baggage. Uh, and so he's appealing to a slightly different demographic, but the voter numbers are almost exactly the same. Leah, what make what do you make of that analogy or that uh, that theory I just laid out? Well, I think that was a lot of work for nothing. Oh, uh, good. Thank you. <laughs> it was because you've said over and over and over, which I really never noticed. Uh, but you've said over and over that whatever happens in Iowa, it's like the opposite in right. New Hampshire because right. they do it on purpose. Right. So in New Hampshire, it appears to me that. The more liberal you are, the higher up you get. No, absolutely. But what I'm what I'm saying to you is that, for instance, Kasich we shouldn't even pay attention to because no. look what happened with John Huntsman. Cruz, his stock is overrated because he's basically a slightly enhanced version of Santorum and Huckabee, who went nowhere. Jeb isn't going to win it either because he's not going to do even as well as Newt did because Newt ended up winning South Carolina, and I don't see that happening, even with George W. starting to campaign for him tomorrow. Um, <laughs> and I'm, what I'm saying is, who ended up winning the nomination? Romney did. Yeah. Unfortunately. So you're saying we're stuck. So you're saying. I'm saying. So you're telling me there's a chance. No, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying it looks like it's going to be Trump. Now, yeah. a lot of you are probably saying, what about Rubio? I can't figure out where Rubio fits into this theory. Sorry. <laughs> so, so, so uh, but when well, we. Well, because that's because he did it to himself. So. Right. Well, you know, I have, I have theories on that, but it's not worth getting into because you just told me I wasted all my time. When we come back, we'll talk about what happened with the Democrats in New Hampshire and uh, get to the debate last night. A ton of great stuff still to come on this edition of the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Thank you.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com, which is newly updated. A lot of new features, including, by the way, a, a video of uh, my three-year-old daughter, Grace Ziegler's broadcasting debut, which occurred just before Christmas on this show. So you can check that out at the bottom of the page at freespeechbroadcasting.com including a whole bunch of other new things, and including, by the way, our billboard, the image for our billboard that's going to be up in Louisville, Kentucky, starting tomorrow, which is just a crazy, crazy situation. Um, but that's a free yeah, speech. I like, I like how the billboard has normalized you, because not only does it say that Ziggler's back, it's like this time with a wife, a kid, and a co-host. So it's like, okay, he really has friends and family. Well, that was kind of the point. We might because the second choice was John Ziegler's back on WHAS. This time neutered, because um, he's got a wife, a kid, and a co-host. That's right. Um, because I was most definitely not neutered the first time, uh, and they know about neutering in Louisville, Kentucky, only on, on horses usually. But Oh, uh, yes. All right. Anyway, um, so let's continue on with uh, our look at the race to the White House uh, 2016. And one last uh, thought on the GOP race before we get into the Democratic side after New Hampshire. Um, look, here's the deal, folks. And if you go, by the way, to freespeechbroadcasting.com, you'll see the percentages that I give for each uh, potential candidate to win the GOP nomination as well as the presidency. And for the first time ever, Donald Trump is above 50%. Oh, uh, my gosh. Um, and and here's why. Uh, he, out of New Hampshire, and, I, and by the way, I, I said this last week, that he was in an incredibly strong and much better position after Iowa than almost anybody in the news media gave him credit for. And I was right about that. And... We don't know, because the dust hasn't settled yet on last night's debate, which we'll talk about on the next hour. We don't know yet how all that's going to play in South Carolina. But if, and by the way, we're on in Greenville, South Carolina, where the debate was last night. So if you're, on, if you're in South Carolina, um, you know, I, I hope you're going to take this very, very seriously, what's going to happen next Saturday. Because uh, if you allow Donald Trump to win handily, it's pretty much over. Now, That's the, right. now, now the shouting won't be over because the media is not going to want it to be over because this this reality show is doing far too well for them. So they'll figure out a way to keep it going. But for all intents and purposes, if Donald Trump gets 35 percent or more. And by the way, there was a poll out before last night's debate where he got 42 percent in South Carolina. You know, but, oh, my God. Um, if he gets 35 percent or more, it's over. It's over. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be the nominee. Now, again, they'll, they'll still be some contesting of that for quite a while, and there'll be some pretending and maybe even some faux drama, but it's de- it's definitely his to lose, and he would have to do something really. If last night didn't There's do no it, way. I mean, come on. Right. If, if last night he basically tried to lose it, and if that doesn't happen, if that doesn't work in South Carolina of all places, it's over. Forget about it. Um, I mean, you, you almost could make an argument that he's kind of done. Like... He's looking for a way out of this, okay? Like, he's in so, – first of all, he never thought he would get this far. Right. And then but, he was enjoying it for a while. But, oh, my gosh, it's so much work, and then I actually have to do this okay, job. Let's, you know, that's an interesting analysis, but let's hold off on that until the next hour when we talk about the debate because I do want to get into what's really going on here it, because I'm conflicted between is this more 
Trump genius and magic? With me, it just works. You know, it's magic. Or is it insanity? Or something like what you just said where he wants out and he's just trying, <laughs> he's testing it to see, can I do something to destroy my poll numbers? Because I don't really want to be the nominee. Um, it's like trying to get your girlfriend to dump you <laughs> by being a jerk. And she just wants you more. Right, right. That's kind of, that's an interesting analogy. But let's, let's do that more in, in the next hour because uh, I do want to get to the Democratic side. Because um, it's amazing the pass that the chaos that's occurring on the Democratic side is getting because of Donald Trump. I mean, if the if 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 let's pretend that Romney had decided to run and he was in Trump's position right now, I mean, the GOP race would be a snooze fest. It would. Uh, Romney would be the presumptive nominee. It would be getting no ratings at all, and all anybody would be talking about would be Bernie Sanders crushing Hillary Clinton in New Hampshire. I mean, this this shellacking was <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, it, it, from it, completely unprecedented in, in the modern history of politics. And let's be clear how, how horrendous this was for Hillary. This is a state that saved her ass in 2008. She beat Barack freaking Obama in New Hampshire in 2008. She got shellacked. By Bernie Sanders in 2016. I mean, a socialist. It's a, a, a an wacky, old geezer socialist. A 74 year old whack job socialist <laughs> who looks crazy and is nuts. I, yes. I mean, it is it is unbelievable. And you know, when I predicted that Hillary would get her ass kicked uh, last week, I undersold how much she was going to get. How badly? How badly? And part of the reason, part of the reason, I undersold how badly was I did not realize that they had gotten uh, Madeleine Albright out of her crypt, um, you know, because she looks like she's... Off of her broom. Right, off of her broom. They put her into a... I mean, they gave her a microphone. Madeleine Albright. I mean, who who out there is... Is wondering, gee, I wonder what Madeleine Albright thinks about this race. I mean, what? No one. What, I mean, what? What young female voter is thinking? You know, I'm just not sure between Bernie and Hillary. What's Madeleine Albright think? Um, they don't even know who the hell Madeleine Albright is, and they wouldn't care if they did. But That's I did right. not realize that a, a Hillary Clinton campaign rally, she had made one of the dumbest statements <laughs> you could possibly make. Um, and let's let's hear that. This is Madeleine Albright. Des- the definition of desperately trying to get young women to vote for Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton will always be there for you. And just remember, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. <laughs> I mean, wh- whose idea was that? Who, 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 well. thought, who thought that bringing Madeleine Albright out to begin with was a good idea? I mean, I remember vividly. Vividly, Leah, I'm, I, I, I'm almost certain I called Congressman John Yarmouth, my, my good Democratic congressman friend from Louisville, with whom I used to do a TV show in Louisville, um, who was on the, the, the you know, fence between deciding to endorse Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton. When Hillary lost Iowa in 2008, who was standing behind her in her concession speech? Oh, gosh, I have no idea. Madeleine Albright. Why? Uh, and I, Exactly. And I, I saw that, and they were all white people, and, you know, Madeleine Albright was there prominently. I'm thinking, oh, my God, they don't get it. 
And I called John up. I said, get on that Barack Obama bandwagon because she's going down. <laughs> and eventually he did. I mean, who who's the genius that thinks that Madeleine Albright is the key to winning anything? Um, I mean, I think it's Hillary Clinton. And by the way, she was uh, she was pressed on this on Meet the Press. And here's what she said. She's been saying that for as long as I've known her, which is about 25 years. Uh, but it doesn't change my view that we need to empower everyone, women and men. Uh, yeah, right. Right. Somehow that's not playing the gender card. First of all, you're playing the gender card. You're playing it with someone who looks dead, who nobody <laughs> knows, no one cares about. And by the way, you're you are. You know what she ever the young women that she was allegedly targeting there. They would look at her like they do their least favorite crazy aunt telling them that they don't like what she's wearing going out to party. You know, that's go, right. Go screw yourself. Old crazy aunt, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to go vote for Bernie now. And I think it had a negative impact on her. No, it didn't, it didn't impact the, the, uh, the outcome. Um, but I don't know how many percentage points it was, but it was a few. Because uh, that was the, the narrative the last couple of days there. And she got shellacked among young women uh, oh, and yeah. among young people. I mean, it's un, it is scary. And Madeleine Albright even wrote a New York Times op-ed about it, called it uh, my undiplomatic moment. She yeah. apologized. Well, they need to retire her. Um, I, I mean, it, it, at this point. They have. It, well, it, <laughs> It's unbelievable. All right. Um, it's just flat out ridiculous. So um, when we come back, you're not going to want to miss this, folks. This might take more than one segment. So in, in response to everything that happened before the New Hampshire primary, there were a lot of winners and losers because of Donald Trump's victory. And I called them all out in a column that I wrote for Mediate, the media criticism website out of uh, New York City. And it got quite an interesting reaction. In fact, the reaction to it might be more important than the column itself. Um, and so Lee and I are going to get into that. And we might even have an argument about this. I'm not sure. But I'll be very curious to see how this goes. Stay tuned. It's the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Leah, before I get into the uh, post-New Hampshire column I wrote about the media winners and losers and the very, very interesting reaction to that column, I I do want to spend at least uh, 30, 45 seconds uh, analyzing where we are on the Democratic side. While what Bernie Sanders has done is amazing and it shows incredible weakness on Hillary Clinton's part, I am not in the camp that believes that Hillary Clinton is in moral danger at this point. She's in danger, uh, but it's not moral danger. Um, for her to lose the nomination, she would have to lose Nevada this week, uh, which is a caucus, which is possible. There's a poll out that they're basically tied. And then she would have to lose South Carolina. Uh, if she loses South Carolina, then she's in deep trouble. Um, but I don't see I that. hearing about this firewall. Well, firewalls are very dangerous, especially when uh, they're based in race, because once they flip, they're gone. Um, You know, I mean, the black vote tends to be monolithic. And if something happens to flip it, or by the way, Sanders doesn't even have to flip the black vote. He he just needs 40, 50 percent and Hillary's toast. Um, Right now, he's probably in the 20, 30 range. So 
It's getting close. I'm not saying it's impossible, you know. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> but I, I, I just, I'm just not there yet, all right? And so if we get there, we'll spend plenty of time analyzing it. Now, uh, I wrote a column that I want you to check out uh, for a number of reasons. The easiest place to find it is at freespeechbroadcasting.com or johnziggler.com. <clears throat> there's a list of my latest columns there. This one is about the winners and losers in light of Donald Trump's win. And there was a lot of um, frustration, um, anger, maybe venom uh, yeah. in this column because there were a lot of people who got it way wrong. And I'm not just talking about a little bit wrong, but way wrong. And some of these losers were uh, conservative. Some of the winners were conservatives who aren't really as conservative uh, as you would like them to be and certainly not as much as you think that they are. Uh, one of the biggest losers is a guy I just have disdain for, who is an, a liberal, Nate Silver, who the media treats as some sort of prediction guru. And he, back in November, wrote a column uh, saying, oh, dear media, please don't freak out about Donald Trump's poll numbers. He's going to fade. He can't win the nomination. He's just like Rudy Giuliani and Herman Cain. And I wrote a rebuttal on Mediate, the media criticism website. Uh, I'm, I wrote an occasional column for them. And uh, I, I laid it all out. I said, dear Nate Silver, we absolutely need to be freaking out about Donald Trump's poll numbers. And here's why. And I laid out how the race was going to go. And I think, I don't know if you've read that column, Leah, but uh, it's probably about 90, 95 percent accurate at this point. Meanwhile, Silver was about zero percent accurate. Uh, yet he's still considered the ultimate. The guru. The guru. And it's just to me, I guess what bothers me so much, Leah, is it doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong about anything in punditry. As long as you're on the right side. It's amazing. And, and by that, I mean the left. Right, the left side, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's so frustrating because, I mean, here is the most important issue facing political prognosticators of our generation. Yeah. Was Donald Trump for real? And Nate Silver and Frank Luntz, who's another fraud who pretends to be a conservative, and he's not, and I've had a number of confrontations with him personally, uh, and I so I know him personally. He's a fraud. He's a whore. Um, I mean, and he was the number two loser on the list. People like that can be wrong all the time, and it doesn't matter as long as they're media darlings. And of course, it helps to be a media darling if you're on the left. Now, uh, so I want you to check out the column because there's some interesting names on there. Uh, on the lo on the winners list, uh, interestingly enough, there's some conservatives who, um, if there was a just world, wouldn't be winners. Uh, like, for instance, you know, Matt Drudge. I have Matt Drudge as the biggest winner in all this because Matt Drudge is the real reason why Donald Trump is the is the prohibitive frontrunner at this point for the Republican nomination. If it was not for Matt Drudge, this is a fact, folks. If it was not for Matt Drudge, Donald Trump would not be the frontrunner and probably wouldn't even have a shot. He probably might not even be in the race at this point. Do you agree with that, by the way, Leah? So you're saying that he did for Donald Trump what he did for Obama? In a different way. In a different way. There's omission and there's commission. Um, and, and you're getting into a, an issue that is a, a one that I have great passion for because no one has ever told the real story of the 2008 election. Uh, I did in a movie called Media Malpractice, not a conspiracy theory. But Matt Drudge, who's by far the most important and powerful conservative voice on the Internet, took a dive on Barack Obama in 2008. The reason I know this is, one, I'm a 
keen drudge observer, and two, because at the time, I was exceedingly close friends with Andrew Breitbart, who was Drudge's right-hand man. And this was Mm -hmm. driving Andrew Breitbart crazy in 2008. That every time he tried to put up negative Barack Obama stories, especially during the primary, especially during the Reverend Wright situation, Drudge took them down, which Mm. Drudge never did, ever, to Andrew. He was shocked, stunned. And because Drudge took a pass, the rest of the media looked at that and said, crap, if Drudge doesn't think this is worthy of mention, why should we? And they let it go. And and I'm not 100% sure why Drudge did it. I just know this. He made a boatload of money. He made a boatload of money from the last seven years of the Barack Obama presidency. And (laughs) very early on in this process, Matt Drudge made it clear to both of us that he was having a flirtation with with Scott Walker, who was my candidate at the beginning of this, as the person who had the best chance of beating Hillary Clinton, especially if Marco Rubio was his vice presidential nominee. And as soon as Trump got in, I mean, instantaneously, as soon as Trump got in, Walker was persona non grata, and it was all Trump all the time. And, you know, Drudge has made a ton of money. He created a market for pro-Trump stories that even mainstream outlets picked up on and realized and took advantage of, uh, and, and certainly Breitbart.com. I mean, Andrew is rolling over in his grave at what Breitbart.com has become and how in the tank they are for Donald Trump. Again, for those who've never heard me, I like Donald Trump personally. I would vote for him a second over Hillary. Um, you know, I, I don't know if he's a conservative or not. I mean, who the hell knows what he is? We have to trust him, right? Believe me. I mean, that, that's basically <laughs> what it's what it's, his whole campaign is. Believe me. Believe me. <laughs> um, so, uh, and I don't think he can win, and I, I'm not sure he would govern well, but I'd still take him over Hillary. But the reality is he ain't going to beat Hillary, folks. It's not going to happen barring a, a an incredibly well-timed economic catastrophe and or terrorist attack. Not going to happen. And the media won't let it occur. And what Breitbart has done and what Drudge has done is set themselves up to make a a hell of a lot of money through traffic and benefit from a Hillary Clinton presidency. Well, maybe Uh, they see the end is near, so they got to make their money now. Drudge is such a mercurial character. I don't I don't think anybody knows for sure what his motivations are. But when someone makes a boatload of money from a decision, probably pretty safe bet that the money had something to do with the decision. (laughs) I'm just saying. So anyway, so this this winners and losers was interesting because guess who linked it to it rather prominently? Matt Drudge. Matt Drudge on the night of the New Hampshire primary into the next day. It I, was up in the headline box. I know. It was at the top. I was stunned. My first reaction was, and I still believe this is probably what happened. Here's what I think happened. I think that Drudge was not running the site. Uh, late that night. I think someone who was not familiar with me, that I'm on the black ball list, um, probably put it up there. And then in the morning... It's nay. <laughs> on the Ziggler nay. Um, that's right. Uh, but but that's not what... But So for some reason, when Drudge woke up in the morning, he didn't take it down. Now, what was really interesting is, if you go to the column, the losers are on one page, then you have to click on a link to get to the winners. I don't know whether or not Drudge didn't click on the link and didn't realize that I had castigated him in the winners. Maybe he only just saw himself on the winner's list and thought, okay, that's cool. Or maybe he didn't care. I don't know. But he left it up there for almost 20 hours, somewhere close to that, at least 16. Um, and it got picked up by a bunch of people, including 
your buddy, Glenn Beck. That's correct. And when we come back, uh, this to me will tell you everything you need to know about how the news media really works. And it might facilitate an interesting and potentially dangerous discussion between Leah Brandon and myself because of the take that Glenn Beck, who's on the list, had to my column. Again, you can check out the column at www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. I urge you to do so. Freespeechbroadcasting.com. We've got a ton to get to in hour number three on this very, very busy news week. My name's John Ziegler. She's Leah Brandon. This is the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Mm-hmm. 